Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy. And I'm Chris. And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, The Assassination of AA Executive Jamie Faith. Hey, Chris. Hi, Brandy. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Fantastic. Summer is uh, nigh upon us. Hot. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. It's hot here in Texas. Plenty of memes out there about Texas being in between Mercury and the Earth, closer oh. to the sun. So I believe it. Yep. <clears throat> it's um, hot. Yeah, it's hot. Very We're under hot. some like weird hot um, advisory warning for the next like two or three days. A hot advisory. Yeah, warning. like two. Like it's going to feel like it can up to 120 degrees possibly tomorrow and Wednesday. Good thing we're not digging ditches. No, and God bless those that are, because man, it's hot out there. And good thing we had this wine for our yes, hot summer yes, day. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, one thing I want do want to mention before we get into it is the True Crime and Paranormal Festival, honey, is coming up in Austin in August, August 24th through 27. We're going to be there. Um, I will post a discount code for our listeners on our social media pages. So, yeah, we hope to see everyone there. Everyone is welcome. Uh, we will be speaking live at this event and covering the disappearance of Stacey Madison and Susan Smalley. So, Chris, I am excited about saying both of those women's names out loud um, because we still don't have any kind of resolution in their disappearance. So I'm, I'm really glad we're going to be able to, to um, highlight their case. Yes. Um, tonight, we are bringing back Hilmi, Hilmi wine, and we are sipping on a 2021 sparkling white wine. Uh, yummy, refreshing, perfect for the summer. It's perfectly crisp. Perfectly crisp. And I can't wait for you to share what you paired tonight with the sparkling white. All right, honey. Well, I'm ready to jump in the case when you are. Let's jump in. All right, friends. It's time to sip some wine and talk some crime. So as always, we want to give you a few facts about where our crime takes place. So let's learn a little bit about Oak Cliff, Texas, shall we? We shall. Number one, Dennis Rodman and his two sisters, if you don't know who Dennis Rodman is, famous basketball player. The Worm. The Worm. Uh, he grew up in Oak Cliff section of Dallas um, at the time that he was there and, t- and today, depending on where you live in Oak Cliff, um, it was... Uh, according to Dennis Rodman, a very impoverished part of the city, which there are in Oak Cliff. But Oak Cliff has so much beautiful history, too. We could talk about that as well. Very true. Number two, the serial killer, the eyeball killer, was killing women in Oak Cliff and removing their eyeballs, specifically uh, ladies of the night. But we did cover that case with our uh, friend over. You did. uh, Yes, I did. So check it out. Eyeball killer. We did cover it. Number three, famous musician Stevie Ray Vaughan, who died unexpectedly in a helicopter crash at the age of 35, was born in Oak Cliff. Yes, he was. Gosh, that's so cool. Maybe. And I was, there's so many people that there's a like. a lot of people from Oak Cliff, yeah. Yes. It'd be a long list. I mean, I kind of want to talk, I'm, I want to find out a little bit more history about Oak Cliff. Like that used to be the prime spot in Dallas. I mean, that they have beautiful homes there still. But I would like to, uh, um, if you listen actually to the Eyeball Killer um, episode, Chris, there is some details about how Oak Cliff um, sort of reinvented itself. And we were just down there not long ago having lunch, and it was fun. We were, do you remember that? 
<laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. So beautiful Oak Cliff. Um, so many people um, from there and great part of the city. All right. Jamie Faith, a well-liked American Airlines technology director, was shot and killed on October 9th, 2020, as he begins to walk outside of his Oak Cliff home with his dog and wife. Who wanted Jamie Faith dead? Okay, Chris, not that long ago. We're just going back to 2020. Jamie Faith is about to take, an, um, you know, an innocent walk with his wife, Jennifer Faith, and their dog, Maggie, when someone quickly approaches the couple as they leave their home. Jamie Faith, um, who is the husband, is shot seven times. He shot three times in the head three times in the torso, and one time in the groin. And we know now he was shot with a forty-five caliber handgun. Why the groin? I'll tell you later, but there is a reason. Fifteen years before Jamie's murder, he was set up on a blind date with Jennifer. So Jennifer Faith is his wife. According to friends and family, the two were un- inseparable after, the- after they met. They ended up tying the knot in Las Vegas in 2012, He also adopted Jennifer's daughter from her very first marriage. And in 2017, the Faith family relocated from Arizona to Dallas. um, And this is where he's killed. So we have a man walking his dog coming out of his home in Oak Cliff. And this is at 730 a.m. Broad daylight coming out. um, Chris, he is attacked within 90 seconds of leaving the house. Very quickly. Very quickly, yes. The gunshots ring out in this Oak Cliff neighborhood, and the police respond to the scene. So multiple witnesses tell police they saw a black Nissan Titan pickup truck with a very distinctive T, just the letter T decal on the back window, the back rear window. Um, and they said they could see uh, sort of like driving around the neighborhood hours before this and also leaving at the time of the murder. So Jennifer is on this walk, right? Mm -hmm. So it's 7.30 in the morning, and I mentioned he is attacked within 90 seconds after walking out of the house. They didn't make it very far. Jennifer tells the police the person who just shot her husband turned around and looked at her, okay? Turns around, looks at her. She says he has these dark eyes. He's wearing a mask, right, with the little high, you know, the eye holes out. And he starts coming towards her. And so she says, she starts yelling like, no, no, don't hurt me, right? She turns around, starts to run, and he tackles her to the ground. Now, she says that he's trying to attack her the whole time, right? She's screaming. She's running away. And then she said he attempted to tie her up and duct tape her hands, but probably realized he probably should get out of there. So he just leaves her on the ground screaming, A a distraught Jennifer Faith, um, she starts telling neighbors, police are now on the scene, right? Um, Now you have reporters, Fox 4 News, all the local channels are going to be out um, trying to figure out what happened. So she decides she's going to go ahead and go in front of the TV interviews. We see this quite a bit. We saw this. You're making a scrunch face. And, you know, it's interesting because... um, you have people who want to distance themselves when they're involved in something, and then you have people who want to be all up in it to make sure that they're keeping track of everything that police are uncovering. 
So I think it goes both ways with these TV interviews. But she decides this is a good idea. What are your thoughts on that? You look like you want to say something. Well, no, I just think that's um, always a strange thing. I mean, other than if, if someone's missing, I mean, I think her like. Oh, pleading if they're missing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see I mean, what you're but saying. Like as far as someone who's murdered somebody, I don't, you don't often see um, like asking for the killer to come forward and just mm-hmm. kind of being, I bet. Yes. You definitely can see people interjecting themselves into a, a, an investigation to mm-hmm. perhaps gain knowledge if they are in fact somehow involved. Per se. Yeah. So she is, she decides this is a good idea and she does multiple of these. Okay. So she does some local TV interviews and she says, quote, I just hope that at some point, maybe this person can recognize the gravity of what they've done and feel some sort of guilt enough to come forward. So that's her quote. Okay. So she says again that she turned, this is what she's telling the TV interviews, right? So this is what she's saying that she turns around and I just saw this person shoot and shoot and I couldn't believe. Now, this is interesting. I couldn't believe I didn't know him. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, because people who lie always interject little, things little that they don't need to interject. Yeah. Yes. That's, see, it's things like this that people need to like really think about because t- threw up red flags for me immediately. And then she says, quote, like why? A lot of shots. Five, six. Maybe I feel like. And he just kept going. And I'm like, stop it. And now it's time for a wine recess. Wine recess. Wine. This is a, it's an interesting case. A sparkling wine recess. Sparkling wine recess coming from our friends, not only at Hilmi, but it's from Somli who sent us um, this wine along with Hilmi. Thank you guys for partnering with, with each other and then partnering with us and letting us share your wine on our show. It means so much to us that um, that we get to talk about it and drink it and enjoy it. So thank you. Um, honey, before I jump into Hilmi and Somli, why don't you tell everyone what you made tonight? Sure. Very small pairing given the heat and eating a little, I guess you could say a little lighter these days, in the evenings especially. Um, so we went with a little trio of delicacies, a goat cheese truffle rolled in some walnut and dark cherries and parsley and some honeydew melon. Not sorry, not honeydew cantaloupe. I was going to use honeydew, but I decided to go with cantaloupe and uh, some little cubes of those and um, made a little bit of honey to go along with that. And then some prosciutto. And then I topped a little drizzle of white balsamic vinegar glaze on top of that to go with the wine. So something very light, not a very large pairing, but it's good. We've been in the sun and, you work so hard on this. So I'm going to need a little snack snack. <laughs> yeah, it's so hot. I mean, hot food is like, And the wine yeah. was great. It's nice oh and gosh. bubbly and crisp and refreshing, and um, it's really good. It was so good, and the pairing was perfect for this wine. I mean, if you want a easy little meal, you could, Chris, those things you made, you could keep them for how many days, you think, if you kept really good care of them? Well... Not very many days. But if, well, because of the fruit, right? Yeah, just the prosciutto would dry the, out. You'd have to really yeah. keep it sealed very well. If you have some friends over, that's another but thought. But the little goat cheese truffles would probably oh keep for a little bit. Gosh. And those are my well, favorite out of the cheese whole balls. Thing. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> I did. They are just so yummy. All right. Well, um, I can't wait to show pictures of, of 
that beautiful work, honey. So thank you. Um, Somley, they have a full directory of Texas wineries and they make it so fun to browse, discover um, your... It's engaging and fun. You can actually leave your favorite wineries a great review. There's all different kinds of wineries that work with Somli. Uh, when you shop for wine on Somli, you get to support local small business businesses as 100% of the proceeds go directly to the winery. No middleman involved. Just order a few days before you want the wine delivered directly to your do doorstep. Somli, you're amazing. That's S-O-M-M-L-Y. Please check them out. Hilmi Wine, Wine Cellars, located right in the heart of Fredericksburg. Um, again, thank you so much for um, just allowing us to taste your wine. It's been amazing. Go visit our friends at Hilmi Wine Cellars in Fredericksburg and tell them your friends at Texas Wine and True Crime sent you. All right, hon, you ready to jump back into the case? Certainly. All right, people wanted to help Jennifer, Chris. She has just lost her husband to a brutal murder in front, practically in their front yard. Um, and they want to help her out. So they start a GoFundMe, and it is titled Support Jennifer Faith GoFundMe Fundraiser. And this was launched in the wake of her husband's death. Now, they wanted to help the now single mother with support, you know, support herself and her daughter. Um, she she who, worked, correct? Yes, yeah. yeah. And she just lost, her, you know, the daughter loses the stepdad. The total amount raised was close to $60,000. That's, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I'll tell you in a minute what she spent it on. The main piece of evidence was that distinct truck that drove off with the T decal in the back. The police put this information out and released a surveillance video from the neighbor's cameras, which captured the truck entering the neighborhood, like I mentioned, hours roaming around a little bit. And then it seems to park and wait for Jamie by parking in front of the neighbor's home. This is why it only took 90 seconds. Boy, these cameras on homes. Oh, they're on homes. They got this. This is why they released the video. They had video of the truck. And the big T decal on the back. And they thought, we're going to get a hit on this. You know, they're in Oak Cliff. They're thinking they're either local. I mean, that's what you always think is that somebody is local is pulling this off. So they release whatever they can. She's now doing interviews. They release the video footage of the of the actual um, truck. And then they also eventually see video of her screaming, right, as all of this is sort of taking place, um, and then whatever they capture on as far as the suspect. But again, he was wearing a mask. Um, now, since they have the truck details, and just a few months after the murder, um, Chris, on January 11th, 2021, they decided they're going to arrest Darren Lopez. Now, law enforcement conducted searches in... Just based on the... I mean, somebody obviously saw the car. It was the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... But they, they did this really... Did they get they, a license plate or just the description of the vehicle? I think they had the license plate. They oh. had the description of the vehicle, but he was actually not in Texas. He was arrested on January 11th, 2021 in Tennessee. But Chris, when the searches of his vehicles in his home began, by the way, they got Tennessee investigators and police to help them. Okay. So they're the ones that flocked to his Tennessee home. Okay. Um, we have an Amber Alert going on. So if you hear that, that's what that is. 
All right. So they find the murder weapon. They find the credit. They find credit cards in Jennifer Faith's name. And a mask matching the description of the face of the face mask that Jennifer recalled seeing on the shooter. Okay. So this is, um, this, this, now I want I want y'all to think about this. Okay. This is about three months after, not even three months after this happened, this whole three months, they have only questioned Jennifer Faith a couple of times. A few times. Yeah. They want to get some basic information from her, right? What did you see? What did you hear? Um, wh- you know, who have you been talking to? Um, what, you know, let's look at your phone a little bit. They start kind of, they have no other leads. The only lead they have is these videos and her, okay? So they're kind of thinking maybe this isn't as far from home as we think it is. Now, before he's arrested... They question her in early January, and this is when she goes to Darren Lopez and tells him, hey, these are a few things that you need to do. They're on to us, right? So she goes and is basically coaching him on on what to say if they go. But Chris, they wasted no time. They go and, and arrest him on January 11th. Now, it doesn't take long for authorities to know that this is some sort of murder for hire. Remember, they found this information with her name on it in his possession. Okay, so now they find emails. Now that they have digital um, um, evidence, they are they have now gone through phone. They have got a warrant for I'm phones. I'm guessing using like all, all of his computer and stuff like that, correct? Not because... They no, haven't. they they got a warrant for her stuff. Did he get? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. it was her stuff as well. Once too. they made the arrest, because that's when they that's when they connected them. Okay, but they know they've known each other for a really long time, and I'm about to tell you how these two are connected. So da- Darren Lopez, that is the connection to Jennifer Faith. They were actually lovebirds in high school, so they knew each other in high school. And based on the messages uncovered, they started an emotional affair. Now she used that word with two friends. That she was having an emotional affair with an with an old friend, and this started in March of 2020 when the pandemic began. So they found each other using Facebook. So I guess he like, you know, typed in, you know, you can search people, right? And he finds her, and they start sending each other some messages like they never even like skipped a beat. Once again, another marriage ruined by Facebook. I think this is more than just a little marriage ruin. I know. Oh, saying. and then I found some other details about this woman that I will share with you unrelated to this case at the end of this. Remind me, please. All right. At some point during their conversations, Chris, this is seven months, March of 2020, until the month he is killed, seven months this rekindled romance was going on. So somewhere in that in that time frame, she made the decision to start getting him to believe that she was being sexually and physically abused by her husband, Jamie Faith. So this is the plan. What did she have to gain by this? She wanted him gone. She wanted to be with this guy. Investigators told Jennifer, we know you're the mastermind. We have digital evidence. We have text messages between you two. There was just no more hiding anything. So in February of 2021, she is arrested for obstruction of justice. Um, And seven months later, Chris, they will upgrade that to the charge of murder. Now, here's what she admits to. 
She admitted to knowing Lopez, whom she called her one and only love. He suffered a traumatic brain injury, Chris, while he was serving in the U.S. Army in Iraq, and he was left disabled because of this. Both before and after the murder, she sent him money and gifts and even provided him with two credit cards that she used, that she paid off by using the proceeds of the GoFundMe. She was also spoiling him with plane tickets, more gifts, more money. After the after like the whole thing was exposed three months after the murder, this is still going on. So People she, are still did she donating. Hire him, or did he just kill her because he loved her? Yeah, yeah. Um, she admitted that before the murder, she used two phony email accounts, Chris, to correspond with him. She assumed the identity one of her own husband and two of one of her friends, in order to basically get him to believe that the husband was physically and sexually abusing her. And the way she proved this by was by pulling stock photos off the internet of like beaten and battered women. Yeah, that's crazy. Jennifer's fake emails seemed to, do, to basically provoke him to kill her husband in order to protect her, right? So now it's all about protecting her and this guy believes this you know I, I i know he killed him i know he killed him and and that's horrible but i feel like you know should there be some sort of sympathy towards someone being disabled and really their mental capacity isn't even what it, it what it was once before and now you have a master manipulator telling you sharing things with you to get you to believe. We don't and, know the extent of his injury. No, you're right. We do not. But he's known this woman for 20 years. Lots, so I'm going to guess, or 25, 30 years. traumatic brain injuries that... Do not kill people. Well, no, but just live normal days. They just happen to have a bad injury, like a motorcycle accident yeah. or something like that. Um, just because it's something that happened while he was overseas doesn't necessarily mean he's... I, mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. We don't know what his... Well, and also, we all, I don't know anything. His, his mental state uh, had something to do with her taking advantage of him. I disagree with that, but I don't know. Once again, we don't know what his state I know. is. Like, that's why this is so hard. And by the way, it's a great, it's a great defense, though. Well, they are going to take that defense just from what I have. Um, by the way, because this man has not gone to trial. Um, I'll talk about that in, in, in a second. But So she was using fake emails, Chris, to prove to Lopez that this is why her husband should be killed. Um, then authorities learn that these two were sort of working to cover up the murder. And again, it's like... You know, you now know and recognize you've done something wrong, right? So there's only so many kind of defenses you can take when you're actually figuring out the cover-up, right? Now you're talking about the cover-up of the murder you just committed. So, you know, how much sympathy they're going to have towards that, I I, I don't know. If any, I mean, he, he clearly knew what he was doing and engaging with this person about this. Um, in January of 2021... Um, after she was asked to come in for the questioning. So you remember I mentioned this. This is before he is arrested. And she has she is asked to come in. Um, this is when they believe the cover stories began. So they moved in quickly. They got him off the streets um, and then her quickly after. 
Chris, they also discovered one month after the murder, she was trying to cash in on her husband's life insurance policies through American Airlines, through his retirement um, accounts, and that totaled $629,000, and she was talking to Lopez about buying a house in Tennessee. So she, they were making plans. Yeah. They were making plans. On February 7th, 2022, Jennifer Faith pleaded guilty for her role in her husband's murder. In exchange for that guilty plea, prosecu- prosecutors asked for a life sentence instead of the death penalty. So instead of going to trial and taking her chances, she decided she will just plead. And then um, because, you know, she may have got death in this case. I mean, you know, it's Texas. We sort of hand out the death penalty sometimes like it's cake. And, you know, I don't know how much forgiveness you give with a murder for hire. And something else that came up that I'll mention now, not at the end. I guess she'll be a witness against him as well, too, correct? So, you know, uh, they didn't mention that she would be doing anything like that. If anything, I think they would have had him. and And you see, I think this is the worrisome thing. They would have had him testify at her trial. And it would have buried her, right? But then... Yeah, but she could bury him by by saying that she um, asked him to do it, and he did it. Oh, I don't think there's really... I mean, well, by the way, he pleaded not guilty. Okay. I'm just saying. Like... Clearly, if he had the murder weapon, all the other stuff, that implicates mm -hmm. him in more ways than one can imagine, but... Well, they both know they're all they all know they're involved. Like it's just really a matter of sentencing and where they each belong for, you know, for the rest of their lives or part of their lives. But she is um in prison and serving a life sentence and death penalty taken off the table. Um, despite even though he was cooperating, Darren Lopez was co- cooperating, he pleaded not guilty to murdering Jamie Faith. And his attorney has publicly stated that Jennifer took advantage of Lopez, who suffered a traumatic brain injury. So that's definitely the defense they're going to go for. Um, and, and we'll kind of see what um, what that looks like because he has not gone to trial. He is still sitting. Um, he's still sitting in a Dallas County jail waiting. What's the holdup? Well, it's COVID. Remember COVID hit? I mean, they, this was like COVID mid, you know so what just, I mean? It's like a backlog boom. of people, I guess. Just a backlog of people. It's backlogged. I mean, it's pretty bad. I heard in the courts right now. It's like outpatient procedures at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's just so much to get to. Um, But he was charged with the murder of Jamie Faith as well as a federal firearm uh, crime. I mentioned he pleaded not guilty to both of those charges. Um, Yeah. And he's still sitting and waiting on trial. So we will, um, that is one, that is a trial I would like to be in the court for. So I am going to be kind of keeping an eye out on this and seeing if I can go and get some, um, get some information on what we hear in that trial. Um, Okay. But yeah, and so okay, so what I wanted to mention was I was watching um her interviews, right, with these TV stations. And they started talking to the correspondent at 48 hours because they did a I haven't seen it, but they did an episode over this case. And one thing he said was that and here's why I believe she didn't go to trial. He said that First of all, this is her third marriage, right? So first husband, second husband, 48 hours correspondence reached out to them. And I think it was her second husband 
who said that she had asked him to kill her first husband. Like this came out out of the 48 hours special and I would have not, I haven't watched it. I don't even know if it was brought up there, but that 48 hours correspondent vocally shared that in a TV interview leading up to this episode. Did that husband ever share Apparently that with the other not. guy? Apparently not. And that's exactly what I thought. And we, Chris, we did a case Just like this know. not that like, long hey, ago. Watch your, watch your back. Yeah, we did. I, Chris, I can't remember on the top of my head what episode we did, but we talked about this. It, and I said, if they would have just said something, if somebody would have just said something about about their interaction with this person, like maybe none of this would have ever happened. No maybe kidding. Jamie Faith would have had a different, you know, but then it's like, what do you, I don't know. I mean, how involved do you get and nosy? I don't know. Men and women are different when it comes to stuff like that. So I'm not sure how much he would have shared with him. But yes, agree. If somebody just would have said something and come forward, then maybe she would have been taken off the streets a lot sooner. Um, but people were kind of shocked. Yeah, and at who's, this whole who's thing. she dating that she feels comfortable enough to ask them that question? <laughs> you know, I'm like telling I, you, no, but I mean, it, but I'm telling you, this wasn't just a question. This was a whole manipulative plot for five months in order for him to agree to it. I know. She I just, had I don't to know prove if she it. tried to do that to, um, to the ex-husband. He didn't mention, he never got into details about what that Sorry. conversation looked like, but that could be because they were putting it on the episode and they he didn't want anybody to know before they watched it. Right. That's like juicy stuff that you drop and then, and then show the episode. But I mean, it's just, that's what she did. I mean, she, the emails, I mean, to create emails, accounts that aren't even yours and to pretend. And the only reason, now, I don't know what these email, all these emails said. There is some documentation of them. They, they did share like some texts and some emails that I did read. But the only advantage, I what would be the advantage to pretend you're the husband? The only advantage I see is for him to like egg him on. Like you're having an affair with my wife. How dare you? You know, I dare you. Like almost no, like sending, pushing sending, the, sending poking the bear. Like, sending her like nasty emails or something and saying, here, look, these emails. <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah. So maybe they actually, the men never even corresponded. Maybe Probably she not. would like forward something to him that she received. Yeah. Okay. Man. That's what I think. Well, whatever she did. I mean, this woman literally created this fake scenario in order for this guy to believe that she was literally going through these things. I mean, I don't know. They were talking about being together like they did in high school. I mean, apparently these two were supposed to get out of high school and go get married. And then they ended up, he ended up going into the army and she ended up going her separate way and meeting her first husband. So it's almost, she was like, you know, he was my one and only love. And she even said that after he's arrested, she wasn't arrested yet. She didn't get arrested till February. He's arrested in January. And she's asking a third party person to like correspond with him and say, whatever happens, I'm always going to love you. So I don't think he threw her under the bus. I don't know what he said, if anything about her, but I could not find anything that he like pfft, laid it all out. I mean, I don't think he ratted her out. I think she's eventually she's not arrested for four, for four weeks after that. She ha they had to find. I mean, they knew it had to be some sort of murder for hire. But I can only assume that he didn't like come I don't out think and it tell was all murder the for hire though. I think um, 
I think he did well, because of her. Well, like I don't. But she her. paid him. She gave him gifts and treat. I mean, I don't know. Is that just? Did they agree on compensation? Probably well, not. I don't know. That's why I wonder. Was it a um, like a money transfer to him or just buying him stuff? Both. Not money transfers, but more of credit cards, cash, and gifts. I would say those are those are like the three main things that were listed. But yeah, maybe he never had any contact with the husband. I always thought I always thought about that. What's the point in adding his email address? But you might be right. It could just be her sending him things like from the husband. I don't know. This is wacky, weird. This woman was um, clearly delusional. And to spend all of that money, like people are giving money to help you and your child. And then you go and you turn it around and you give it to the man who just murdered him. I mean, this is a special kind of crazy. So no doubt she is spending the rest of her life in prison because of it. 